This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Tuesday, August 18th. The NBA playoffs are underway. Words that we never imagined speaking. The NBA playoffs underway in August. But we're excited that it's happening. We are recording this on Monday afternoon while the games are going on. We just finished watching the Nuggets and the Jazz. We're going to talk a little bit about that and talk about some playoff sleepers, some lesser names that we expect to do some good things potentially during these playoffs. I'm joined by one Steve Alexander. Steve, what is the latest? Uh, I don't have a lot. I'm watching basketball in August. Yep, usually, watching basketball. Usually I'm just like turning in the draft guide for next year. <laughs> I haven't even thought about starting that thing yet. Well, first things first, the first playoff game was an exciting one. Went to overtime, Nuggets and Jazz. Donovan, one Donovan Mitchell nearly nearly threw down a 57-point triple-double. He went for 57 points, nine rebounds, seven assists in a loss. That is a, a ridiculous stat line. Jamal Murray was also awesome for the Nuggets. Hit a bunch of big shots, 35 points, five rebounds, nine assists for Murray. What stood out to you, uh, including or aside from those guys in that first playoff game, Steve? Well, I was anxious to see what uh, Joe Ingles was going to do with no Mike Conley around. He played okay, 6 of 14, 5 threes, 19, 5 and 6. We've kind of talked all year that Ingles is better when Conley's not there. Conley left the bubble for the birth of a child. We don't really know when he's going to be back. So I think Ingles is probably a safe bet for a little bit. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, obviously, with with no Conley there, was playing a lot of point guard and doing it all. He was on fire. Pretty outstanding performance to watch. It's all about Donovan Mitchell at this point. And then on the other side, uh, Jokic was great. Uh, Jamal Murray started a lot later than Donovan Mitchell did in this game, but he turned it on and ended up having 36-9. and So he was instrumental down the stretch, kind of ran out of gas in overtime. And I said 35 and 9. You say 36 and 9. You know, if we're going to split hairs, Steve, yeah, it was 36 and 9. I don't know why you have to, you know, correct me, but. Yeah, because that's how I roll. <laughs> and I do like Jordan Clarkson in that series because, well, at least, in, especially until Conley's back, because he will help fill in for the loss of Conley. And Emmanuel Moutier played 10 minutes today. Last I saw, Moutier wasn't supposed to play at all. So he didn't do anything, but he, he, he's playing. Well, you mentioned Clarkson. I don't know if Clarkson really falls under the category of sleeper, playoff sleepers, as we launch into that part of our conversation. He had 18 points, four rebounds, three assists in 39 minutes, had only played 14 minutes in his last couple of games, last two games leading up to the playoffs for the Jazz. So I guess in that sense, he would be considered a sleeper. Didn't do a ton in the bubble, 15.8 points, 2.8 threes, shot under 40%. But 18-4-3 and three is, in 39 minutes is a pretty nice start for him. Also in that same game, Steve, I don't know if I'd quite call him a sleeper, but I wanted to talk Jeremy Grant because I do think he's a little bit off the radar and has been putting up some interesting numbers lately. 
and I mean that in a good and bad way. He, uh, his last five games in the bubble, he averaged 17.6 points, only 3.0 rebounds, which is weird. 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.8 threes in 31 minutes a night. On Monday in Denver's playoff win, he had 19 points in 40 minutes, a steal, a block, two threes, and how many rebounds, Steve? Uh, it looks like three. No, zero. 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 That would be, yeah, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, he had three <laughs> boards again. Nope, that was three assists, zero rebounds. So, I mean, I know Jeremy Grant plays on the perimeter some, but and he's not like ever a great rebounder, but it's weird to see him putting up rebounding numbers this limited. And it's almost like he's transitioned from being a like points and boards guy to a threes guy. He was out on the perimeter a lot. And it's also interesting that Michael Porter Jr. started off kind of hot this game and then disappeared. His defense was a problem down the stretch. His offense disappeared down the stretch. And Jeremy Grant has sort of been coming on. And we have not been talking about how blown away we are by Michael Porter Jr., you know, over the past several games. So it's it's interesting that Porter's star seems to be coming down a little bit and Jeremy Grant's is kind of going up. Of course, it all depends on if we ever see Will Barton again. Did you say we, we have, have not been talking about Michael Porter Jr. or we have been? I feel like we haven't been talking about him as much over the last couple games. Okay, like he's, because we've talked a lot about him, though, in the bubble. We, I feel like I have anyways. We have. <laughs> we have. He was all the rage at the beginning, you know, for the first half of the bubble, the second half of the bubble, he was still good, but he, he's been slowly just fading away and kind of, I don't know, today he, he just wow. didn't make a very big impact, and Jeremy Grant has looked better, I mean, played 40 minutes. I know? mean, that's fair, but if that's, if, if that's how high our expectations have gotten for Michael Porter Jr., because he played 31 minutes, had 13 points, 8 rebounds, a block, and three three-pointers, so if that's a bad game, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, not a bad game. Just he's not he's just not crushing like he once was. Sure. Sure. But that could change next game too. Also in action on Monday afternoon as we're recording this, the Nets and the Raptors. That one got out of hand in the first half. Late in the first half, Raptors up by 22, 73-51. But there's a notable name on the Brooklyn side of things that I want to talk about, and that would be Timote. Timote? Did we say Timote? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I, I just I lo- call him Luwawu Luwawu Cabarro. Yes, Timote. Yeah, and I did. I did uh, study French a long time ago, so it's a little embarrassing to get that wrong or just kind of freeze up. Luwawu Cabarro though had a big first half, 15 points, four three pointers at last check off the bench, and I mentioned him, Steve, because he had. A total of three big games in the bubble. Back on August 4th, he exploded for 26 points. Then his final two games leading up to the playoffs, he scored 24 and 19. And again, started fast on Monday. Looks like he's well on his way to a 20-plus point game in a lopsided game. Do you like him as a sleeper moving forward given his recent momentum? I mean, when you're at the end of your setting your lineup, you need a low-dollar guy. He's fine to use. I the Nets are still a mess. Like, don't don't kid yourself. They are still a disaster. This game was 37-20 after the first quarter. Not good. And they, they need guys that can score. And obviously, Luwawu Kabra is one of those guys. So I'm not afraid to use him in a DFS lineup. Steve, the Sixers and the Celtics were set to play their playoff opener Monday evening. I want to talk to you about one 
Shake Milton. We're, of course, talking before his playoffs begin. No Ben Simmons for the Sixers. And Shake Milton kind of maybe raised our expectations higher than they should have been prior to the shutdown when he had a a really good stretch, including a 39-point game at one point. His final bubble game, Steve, I would characterize as much closer to serviceable. 10.6 points, 4.3 dimes, 1.43s in 25 minutes. That's low-level Shake Milton. Do you think there's any chance we could see a Shake Milton, maybe not eruption, but are you envisioning some big games for Shake Milton or, or maybe more of the same of what we've been seeing? You know, it's probably going to be more of the same. I, w- I had high expectations when they when they said they were going to move him in to the starting point guard slot and move Simmons to forward. I was kind of hopeful that Shake Milton was going to impress us and, and put up some good numbers. It never really happened. Now that Ben Simmons is just straight up out and gone, you got to think at some point Milton wakes up and starts doing something. But, you know, at this point, Raul Neto or Trey Burke could end up being better than Shake Milton. So he's he's really rolled the dice. I've got my eyes on Al Horford in this series against his former team. He was not lighting it on fire toward the end of the seeding games in the bubble, but well, seven games overall in the bubble for him. 10.9 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 0.9 blocks, 1.43s. Again, no Simmons. I think there's a chance for Horford to have, I wouldn't call it a big series, but serviceable, solid. Could put up some intriguing numbers there, Steve. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with that. I, I really hedged there with the adjectives. <laughs> you really are staying on brand, I noticed. <laughs> Got to get that serviceable and intriguing in there in the same sentence. Even. And I threw a solid in there as well, just in case. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I kind of like... Uh, Al Horford, especially since you never know when Joel Embiid's going to play, when he's going to go to the locker room, when he's going to be limping, uh, all those things. And like you said, there is a revenge factor here. Horford's also a really good player with lots of experience. So I I do kind of like that angle. I'm about to read a promo. The all-new Roto-World Premium Subscription Package has the tools and resources to help you dominate your fantasy leagues across all sports from draft to playoffs which we are in right now in the NBA. Plus, get free access to our brand new sports betting tools from now to September 28th. As a listener of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast, get $10 off any annual subscription to Roto World Premium to find your edge. Visit rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code BKPOD10 at checkout. Steve, what was that promo code? BKPOD10. That's right. Check out. I, uh, I will tell you that this edge tool, especially the, the gambling part of it, is, is incredible. And I was mesmerized and blown away. And I'm kind of psyched about getting to use it. It's, it's cool. You all should go check it out. Rotoworld.com slash edge. Steve, I just have a couple more names slash situations I want to hit. And I want to start with friend of the podcast, Gary Trent Jr., Gary doesn't know he's a friend of the podcast. Does that even need to be said at this point? Overall in the bubble, 16.9 points, 4.3 three-pointers, 1.1 steals, tossed in, oh, one and a half rebounds, 1.4 assists for good measure. That's kind of like a J.J. Redick stat line or something. It's rare, I think, to see a guy averaging nearly seven, 17 points per game and less than two rebounds and less less than two assists. Like that, That's an achievement in its own way. Uh, yes, it, it is. It is not easy to do, Gary Trent Jr., but you did it, man. You did, you did it. it. 
He kind of tailed off toward the end of bubble play, 27.3% on three-pointers over his final three games, still averaged 35 minutes in those games. So I still like him to have a big role for Portland, Steve, and I, I believe you're a believer. Are you still a believer? Yeah, I was in on – I mean, it was as soon as we found out Trevor Reza wasn't going to be in the bubble, I, I immediately said – Gary Trent Jr. It's Gary, It's going to be the Gary Trent Jr. show, and and remarkably, I was sort of right. I mean, it wasn't his show, but he was pretty good. He really made people take notice of him in those bubble games, and I think he's cemented himself into what the Blazers are trying to do here. And I think he's a great kind of stand outside and wait for Lillard or or McCollum or Nurkic to get him the ball, and then he'll he'll fire it up. Like he he's a nice compliment piece to the rest of that team. Like, I, I really am feeling the Blazers right now. So I, too, have really been having a lot of fun watching the Blazers. Obviously, Damian Lillard's been out of his mind. McCollum has hit some huge shots. Nurkic is playing like a monster. But I, I feel like it's just massive for Portland, those open looks that Trent and Carmelo Anthony are going to get. If those guys are shooting well, I think Portland is going to be really, really, really hard to stop. Yeah, and also the thing about the these playoffs, as we've seen t- today, there's zero home court impact at all. Like these right. games are both home games, and and that really makes the one versus the eight or the two versus the seven like it changes that because the the home court's such a big deal in in those series. And I, I'm telling you, I would not want to be the Lakers having to play this. Blazers team right now and I'm not saying the Lakers are done or they're going to lose but they sure didn't look that great in the regular bubble and the Blazers looked the opposite of that they looked amazing so that's going to be super fun the Lakers Blazers gets going on uh, tonight Tuesday night and yeah I mean honestly it's really easy to see either scenario I mean you could see the Lakers just coming out and just beating them by double digits, just looking dominant, like, oh, here we are, announced that they're back. But you could also see Portland giving them a lot of trouble. This could be a series that goes six games easily. Maybe that's just the optimist in me, though. I think it's going to go seven. And I I don't know who's going to win. I took the, I took the, I have the Lakers winning it all, but I would not be surprised if the Blazers win that series. I've been online looking for a Damian Lillard Rip City jersey, currently sold out. Once I free up some money from after this jersey purchase for you, Steve, that's my next buy. And I, I don't buy non-Atlanta jerseys very often, but I, I do feel like I got to have that Rip City. Yeah, well, uh, maybe Bielitsa will sign with the Hawks. <laughs> and then you could buy me a Hawks Bielitsa jersey and you would stay true to your team. We can dream, Steve. Yeah. We can dream. That'd be awesome. Uh Steve, there is another name I want to hit here, and I don't even know if he qualifies as a sleeper. He's playing so well, but he certainly was a sleeper, and by that I mean very much off the radar during the regular season. Darius Baisley for the Thunder has been playing fantastic. His final five games in Orlando before the playoffs, Baisley averaged 17.4 points, 7.6 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 0.6 steals, 1.0 blocks, 3.23 pointers, showing some fantasy upside all of a sudden. So he's very much putting himself on the radar. He's a guy you might want to consider in DFS and a guy to put on your sleeper radar heading into the upcoming season. File that name away, Darius Baisley. Last thing I want to hit, last situation I want to hit is Houston, Steve. Obviously no Russell Westbrook at the start of that series against Oklahoma City. I wonder 
if this is a situation where those it feels like those numbers are really going to get absorbed by committee i mean eric gordon is one of the first names that comes up he scored 13 in each of his last two games prior to the playoffs in theory you could have an austin rivers go off he scored 41 points at one point in the bubble but his last four games he went for 41 13 3 and 1 so obviously it's hard to count on him and ben mclemore is a guy who could get hot from the perimeter but I just don't know that I really trust anyone consistently to step into a big, notable role with no Westbrook. I think you and I differ a little bit here because before Eric Gordon got hurt, the Rockets were super fired up about Eric Gordon for some reason. And they, they were talking about him when he went down with the injury. It was like, oh, no, what are we going to do now? We lost Eric Gordon, which to to me... I was like, as long as Houston has Westbrook and Harden, which they don't anymore, uh, then then they're good to go. And, and this Eric Gordon thing is just a third wheel, fourth wheel, fifth wheel behind Daniel House and whoever. But now that Westbrook's gone, I think Eric Gordon is going to be a huge part of this. So I kind of think Eric Gordon's going to be a guy that people, by the end of this first round of the playoffs, they're going to be playing him in their DFS lineups a lot. You might be right, Steve. I'm just looking back at Gordon from late December to late January. He had a really good stretch there for about a month where he averaged 20 points per game, 3.93 pointers. He had a 50-point game in there. So it's possible I'm I'm under-appreciating him a little bit. And you can't necessarily put too much stock into those last couple of games leading into the playoffs because teams weren't necessarily going all out with their key guys. But it's also very possible that I'm putting way too much stock in this <laughs> and that I'm overthinking uh, that Eric Gordon's going to come in and have a huge impact. Because like you said, it could be Austin Rivers. Uh, it could be it could be whoever. Jeff Green is one of those guys. Daniel House is going to get some extra, extra looks. Over under Eric Gordon points on Tuesday night against OKC, 15.5. What are you taking? I'm going over. You're going over. Steve's going over. We'll, we'll revisit that one. Yeah. Uh, one last thing while we're, while we're doing this, uh, you, you and I did not talk about this prior, uh, but Kendrick Nunn, who's been starting at point guard for the Heat all year, is apparently has lost his job. I assume that means that Goran Dragic is going to start at point guard for the Heat going forward, and uh, Dragic has been playing really well. So I think while he's not a sleeper by any stretch, I think he's a guy that people are going to want to have in their lineup. He's, I think he's going to go off because the games matter. There's no reason for him to hold back and worry about his ankles and his, his health. He's just going to go out there and ball out. As you're talking about Nunn and Dragic, I started thinking about Tyler Hero, and so I'm glad you led me here. Uh, I didn't mean to do that. 21.6 points, 4.8 rebounds, 4.4 assists, 2.23 is his last five games. So he had a 20-point game, a 25-point game, a 30-point game mixed in there. Now, I know the Heat weren't at full strength that whole time, etc. But Hero is also a really intriguing name to keep in mind as we get to the playoffs. A lot of Heat players are. I think Duncan Robinson is right there with him. I think Jay Crowder is one of those guys that can get hot and turn it on. Derek Jones Jr., who got hurt the other day, looked scary, but he turned out to be okay, is one of those guys. Kelly Olynyk is one of those guys. Um, of course, there's Jimmy Butler and, and Goran Dragic, and, and bam, they're all good to go. But, you know, Tyler Harrow and, and Duncan Robinson both are 
constantly doing things that impress me. So that that whole Heat team, I think there's a lot of cheap uh, DFS options on that team that could pan out uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, I could see Hero just as easily not being a factor once the games matter. It's tough to say, but he certainly has been playing well, so he's on the radar. And as for Goran Dragic, you mentioned, Steve, only played five games in the bubble before the playoffs, averaged 17 points, 4.2 boards, 5.6 assists, 1.8 steals, 1.2 3s. That is a very spicy Dragic stat line. <laughs> Steve, your Dallas Mavericks were set to play, are set to play on Monday night. By the time this podcast comes out, their opening game will have already happened Let's just get you on the record. How are you feeling about that one before it started? I, I feel like Kawhi and Patrick Beverly's defense is too good and that Dallas's offense is too shaky in the fourth quarter. Like, I don't have a great feeling about this matchup. I, I don't think it's ideal for my Mavericks. I, I feel a lot more confident about the Blazers' ability to play with the Lakers than I do Dallas to play with the Clippers. But having said that, if Dallas plays well and is feeling it and actually plays a little bit of defense, uh, who knows what could happen. But a lot of it's going to depend on what Montrez Harrell looks like when he comes back, hopefully uh, in this game for the Clippers. And then are we going to see Boban come in and try to help get some rebounds and shut down the middle? Boban had a couple big bubble games. Um, but I, it's really going to depend on Luca and Porzingis are going to have to play out of their minds you know, for 48 minutes if they're going to win. All right, well, Steve, sorry about that loss or (laughs) what a win for the Mavericks, depending on what happens. Uh, That about does it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you might listen. Take a second to rate and review our show as well. We'd appreciate that. We'll be back on Friday to talk more playoffs. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Steve, thank you for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Steve. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.